The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Hello everyone, welcome to Walk the Mile. Thank you for listening again today. We have Maddie Parks. How are you, Maddie? Well, thank you, Gary. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Maddie is a primary school mum here. Her daughter Chloe's here in year five. And she has also uh, got her own podcast, which I'm interested to find out about. Can you tell me something just to begin with, Maddie, about your podcast, what what it's called, what it's all about? Yeah. Um, so my podcast is called Style Stories and um, it's essentially that. It's telling people's stories through the lens of style and fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's ostensibly about fashion but really delves into identity. Right. Yeah. That's very interesting. Style and identity. Yes. If you look at someone mm-hmm. and, you, and you look at their style or their yes. fashion... Do you have some sort of assumption or guess as to what their identity is about? Is that what you're saying or is it something totally different? No, no, going into the interviews, I like to try and do as much research and try and pull some pieces together about what I can visually kind of interpret from their social media or what I know about them and what I understand their story to be. Um, And often I'm surprised, so those connections aren't necessarily as um, straightforward or you get to a deeper place much quicker than I, I would right, assume. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, everyone has to get dressed and you, you have to choose what you wear. Right. And so I don't think people necessarily understand their connection to their own clothes. No. But there is an active choice in it. Um, so I like to pull that apart. Wow. Yeah. Do pe- are people ready to reveal that or do you when they're confronted with that like if you if you're speaking to someone mm. and you're going down that path of identity yeah. are people more protective or are they happy to go down that path of sort of revealing themselves more <laughs> as you've exposed them through what no they wear because i'm a bit worried do, now really <laughs> yeah i mean look i i am trying to take a gauge on your purple jumper today um but uh no i look i think I think if people are familiar with the podcast and they've listened to some episodes and they've mm-hmm. agreed to come on, they're going to know that I am going to try and um, get into some deeper questions right. really early on. Uh, but I think there's it, it's more of a pleasure to kind of find some stuff yeah. out about themselves that they didn't otherwise realise. Yeah. Uh, and I'm obviously protective of my guests. I don't want them to, to feel uncomfortable or... You know, you you would know this from the work that you do. Mm. You know when somebody's hit a gap yeah. in what they're prepared to share and they've hit a wall. So I, I try to tread lightly, yeah, you know, right. if it's getting too heavy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And what is it? What is it about that, that sort of, 
that agenda, well, it's not an agenda, but mm. you know, the, the way that you'd like to theme your podcasts in terms of, it could just be talking about fashion, couldn't it? Yes. You yeah. could just be saying, you know, that's a very nice dress you've got on or whatever it might yeah. be. But what steers you towards that idea about identity? Um, oh, I could, I could talk ages about this. I think from a young age, I've, I've always loved fashion. It wasn't my first career path. Uh, but I, I always, you know, through high school and university, I always kind of geared myself towards um, subjects that explored sociology and, and ideas of representation. And I think my love of fashion was always this kind of connection back to its like emblem of, of social change or right. its, its ability to tell a story about a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially that's what what i love about it uh but i also love hearing people's stories yeah, right. and i'm not someone that likes to sit at the surface of, of relationships i like to go deep like pretty hard yes i like to connect that's a nice way to put it um but uh so i think that it's just you know i've, I've got this background in psychology and mm-hmm. organizational psychology and then i moved into fashion in my career and the podcast and the way that i've framed it um you know allows me to bring those things that i've loved or pursued together right and then on top of that i think in terms of the current era of understanding fashion's purpose in society uh when it is such a big polluter and Mm. you know it's such a um the industry creates a lot of waste i think i i'm not I, i i can't pretend that i am a climate change expert or somebody that is uh, ab, uh, like able to talk overly articulately about it, the environmental impact of fashion um, or but I am curious about that that conversation right. and how we find the importance and purpose of fashion in today's world what meaning does it create for us and back to that point that it is a choice what we wear mm. and um, whether we understand it or not, mm. if we understand it a bit better in ourselves, then right. we'll make better choices. Right. Um, and in making better choices, we have a, uh, an impact on other people and, yeah, right. and you know, just the world yeah. around us. Because so. it's, not, it's not often a... Well, I think maybe more so these days, but it's not necessarily considered an ethical choice, is it? Well, so how do we... But we all are going to continue wearing clothes and we're going to continue buying them. So some of the conversations I've been more curious about in the last 12 months is, well, what does then that look like and how... But I think what, for me personally, my kind of take on it is if we can understand what it means to us as individuals um, and how we're representing ourselves, if it's Mm. an expression of identity and we can connect to that, then... Um, then we'll naturally just make yeah, more, right. more better choices for our wardrobes. Do you mean in the sense of, does it come back to this question of who am I? Like, what type of person am I? Or what's important to me? Are those Yeah, like part of it's that and part of it's how our clothes make us feel and then yeah, the right. fabric choices that we're choosing and, you know, like realizing that maybe buying something from a high street store 
doesn't actually make us feel that good after a while because the fit's bad and the fabric's synthetic and it makes us sweat. And yeah. So that's that's part of it too. You know, it's I think it's the whole gamut. If we can just find a little bit more purpose and meaning in it. Yeah. Find that if you're wearing something that makes you feel really good, you're going to present yourself differently. Yeah. Um, but what is it that what is it about that thing that makes you feel yeah, really right. good? Is it a nostalgic reference? Is it a colour that boosts your dopamine levels? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. That's amazing because I'm, I'm sure, myself included, <laughs> a lot of people don't think that way. You know, I get ready for work. I don't wear these clothes all the time. You yeah. Know, my, my comfortable clothes are more trackies, T-shirts, yeah. shorts. Yeah. Those types of things. But... Yeah, wearing these clothes is obviously for work, but to to stop and consider why we do it. You know, for me, I think I wear these clothes to work because I have to look like I'm doing my job. Yes, but so I'm gonna if you if uh, you're by okay. So I'm very interested. Yeah, so you're going to have to create a uniform so that you're consistent to the girls, right? Yeah. You have a professional image that can be trusted. And consistent to the girls so that they can feel safe and, and uh, that you're a level of authority to them. Mm-hmm. But you have softened your whole look with this beautiful maroon, <laughs> like fuzzy jumper today, right. Right? right? I mean, obviously, it's getting into winter, we're getting a bit yeah. colder, you want yeah. a level of like um, warmth to you. But, but in this like color that offers a bit of joy yeah. and a bit of softness and a bit of comfort. To, right. to not only yourself, but I'm sure as a projection to the girls without you even realising Yeah, without it. me realising, that's right. Yes. But the other funny thing is, I mean, it's quite embarrassing to say this, yeah, but I hardly buy any clothes. Yeah. So often clothes are given to me, whether it be through gifts or, uh, you know, whatever, people give me vouchers and yeah. so on. Yeah. What do you make of that? <laughs> Someone like me, who, who I believe... Because I feel like you're saying to me, you do choose, and I do, I realise now after talking to you, yes, I do have a choice as to what I wear. Yeah. You know, people give me t-shirts that I've never worn because I just think, no, that's not really mine, but I'll hang on to it. Yeah. But what do you, what do you think of someone who believes that they don't actually choose <laughs> those things? Like, I think I... Well, because we're still, if I'm going to make some assumptions about sure, who you well, are, you can. Gary, like... You're going to be someone who is naturally very altruistic um, and naturally selfless, and I'm sure that you probably don't buy yourself a lot of stuff, right? No, that's true. Yeah. So you would feel like buying yourself clothing is an indulgence. Yeah. And that... Um, <laughs> uh, and so you, you, you would just be very grateful to wear something that was a gift to you. So And because you give yourself out uh, in other ways as well. Right, well, like, that's very kind. Yeah, so that's that would be my wow. presumptuous read yeah, on it's that incredible situation. Though, isn't it? it is incredible to think <laughs> those things that we do every day yep. can say so much about the people that we are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just very, very interesting. Because I think before we spoke, I was thinking, and I'd heard that you're involved in the fashion industry and, mm. and so on. I thought that you. Uh, be talking more about a field which I have no idea about. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think of catwalks and uh, 
you know, those types of things. Don't get me wrong, I love all of that <laughs> stuff too. But they just tell stories in different ways. Yeah, tell me know? about that story because that's a, a world which I don't understand at all. Mm. I'm not saying it's wrong or, you know, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, but you see some of these people on the catwalks or the, the clothing that they're wearing, I think whoever goes out and they... I've never seen anybody walk around the streets yeah. in those clothes. Well, look, I think it's, again, it goes back to that idea that clothing can um, tell a story of a time. And when fashion is done well, it's incredibly creative. Mm. And so it does delve into that art space where you're right. really thinking about a moment and how the ethos and what people are feeling at the time and right. how they want to represent themselves or telling that story about where we are possibly at. Um, and so that's where it becomes like quite, and you know, when you, you hear fashion people talk about going to the runways overseas and the integration of the music and right. the atmosphere and the, then the clothes on top of that, it's all mm. very layered storytelling. Even the looks, isn't it? Yeah. The, look oh, the, the whole lot, the, the, the choice of the models. Um, and I think that, you know, the last few years we've seen a lot of fashion that has been quite, um, out there or extravagant or kind of bearing um and i think that's a reflection of where we've been at from lockdowns and covid right. people had to spend this kind of like time not being seen mm. and so then to like take off those shackles yeah right. they want to be seen in their most extreme most flamboyant yeah. most loud colorful yeah. forms and we're kind of seeing that kind of coming back yeah. in again in terms of trends it's interesting what you say, just how people are seen and just talking about lockdown. Mm. And, you know, when I and all the other teachers were teaching over Zoom and mainly in the high school, a lot of kids would turn their screens off. Mm. Uh, very hard to get them on there. And some of them that, that were on there would be in their pyjamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know... And just that whole idea of being truly known, mm. I guess, you know, through what you wear. And we see this a lot through adolescents and teenagers, you know, the, the change in what they wear or how they come across when they were here at school. They had the dark eyeliner and, mm. you know, changed their hair colour and then you see them at a reunion five, ten years later and they're totally different people. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of adolescence, isn't it? It's mm. a, a time for experimenting and understanding identity. Mm. So I do like to actually delve into that in the interviews. Like, you know, we're telling, in my interviews, the general format is to kind of start with childhood and move into adolescence right. and then the career path um, right. of, of an individual. But, uh, the, you know, like people will often reflect on their teenage years mm. with kind of humour or embarrassment, but... It's a time of testing boundaries, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And fashion is a really great way for y young adults to do that. Yeah. Um, it's a really easy vehicle to jump on. Yeah. And so, sure, they might be embarrassed about it afterwards, but it was a stepping stone. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, yeah. I mean, you've got me thinking so much about <laughs> the stuff <laughs> I used to wear. And <laughs> oh, tell us. Come on, that's great. <laughs> Let's well, let's see what you used to wear as a teenager. As you're talking, well, probably in my later my later years. Yeah. I used to walk around all year with no shoes on. 
Oh, really? Yeah, in the middle of winter, no shoes on. And we, you know, I used to take camps out to Oberon. In the middle of winter, freezing cold. Yeah. And still wear no shoes. What's that? So what was what, that about? What is that? I, you tell me. <laughs> well, what, what, I guess... Okay. And shorts. I wear shorts as well. This is you as a teenager? Well, later teens, probably yeah. from 17 up. What were you like? Like, what, what were I was, you... I was quite uh, rebellious. Mm. I was... Were you trying to prove a point? It sounds like a level of activism Yeah, to but me. I didn't know. But at the same time, I didn't know who I was either. I think yeah. there was this big search for, you know, what my purpose was and what... Yeah, my yeah. identity. Yeah. I had no idea. No idea. <laughs> it, yeah, like, I'm getting kind of monk references you know like the <laughs> sacrifice <laughs> the, no there's nothing religious involved i can tell you that much um but yeah oh well look i yeah i if you're saying you're rebellious was it an, a, an act of bravery or like yeah, maybe maybe it could be something about my masculinity it could have been yeah. something about my yeah about trying to prove myself in some way but yeah it's I didn't expect this to. Yeah. I love to get... turning the table on this. <laughs> I was Never a bit nervous before. before. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's it's um it's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Very very interesting. Do you feel like that does start conversations with people, even when you're not doing the podcast? Do you notice something about someone, maybe what someone's wearing or how they wear their makeup, and you might does that guide your conversation somehow? With just in general. Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've always had this weird thing where you know because I've always loved fashion so much, I've always paid attention to it, I guess. Um, and I do have this weird thing where I will remember what I what somebody else was wearing the first time I met them. Mm. And so obviously that's me trying to read yeah, what, right. what their clothes are saying about right. who they are. Um, I yeah, I think I. I I think now I probably do do that, but not quite as consciously. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't, because I'm not a judgmental person. And people, actually, one of my friends um, from the Skeks community, was, we were going out for dinner, and she was like, you know, I found tonight a real struggle because I was going out with you and I wanted to look really stylish, <laughs> but then I was also like, Mads wouldn't give. Like, yeah. wouldn't care less what I wear yeah, yeah. because she just that that's not who she is yeah. and my husband was like yeah Mads is just about the story yeah. I don't I I love fashion and I'm interested in in putting things together beautifully and 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 style from that perspective but I I am not um someone who is going to mm. to deem anybody yeah. as um anything but who they are because well, of what they wear yeah well that's yeah. A totally that's that's interesting as well because I was thinking the same thing yeah oh I'm gonna judge you <laughs> so more tired yeah. well thank you and that whole idea that yeah it can be very judgment it can be an area can't it yeah of judgment and I uh, think people do associate fashion with that and yeah. I, I think uh, I think I want to smash that apart a little bit right. that's my own little form of rebellion yeah. in the podcast yeah. but isn't that interesting that I thought when I hear that you're someone who's worked in this area of fashion and style, mm. that you would have, you would come, to, well, no, I didn't, I didn't think this, really. <laughs> yeah. But there's a possibility that someone might 
say to me, you know, have a have a comment on my style, how I should change it, or yeah. you know, I was even going to ask you, yeah, <laughs> you know, what could I do to <laughs> spruce myself up somewhere? But no, it's I think you, yeah, there's a self conscious. As soon as someone hears that you're you work in fashion, yeah. they feel self conscious that they're being judged. Yeah, but. I, I'm reading them. I'm not judging them. Yeah, I think right. is the difference. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. it's it's fascinating. Very fascinating. And before we were talking about fashion, just not being about clothes either. Yeah. You talk to people in all sorts of areas. What are some of those other areas of fashion or style that you go into? Uh, I well, I mean, to be honest, a lot of my podcast interviewees are not from the fashion industry. Uh, I think fashion people know what their relationship to fashion is but I'm curious to interview creatives who um, I, I, I'm wanting to understand what they wear and how it relates to their creative output right. but also to then understand the bigger kind of conversations that are happening and you know in terms of fashion trends but also social trends and social conversations yeah. so the latest the, the the last 12 months um i have been using the podcast to explore australian identity um and that's kind of evolved from looking at very camp expressions of um australian right. identity yeah, and the people yeah. that kind of fall into those yeah. camp expressions of australian identity moving into first nations culture and how we can um understand and celebrate first nations culture through the fashion industry mm. uh what we can learn from it from a climate change perspective and and to understand the connection to country and how we can kind of apply that to mm, the fashion right. industry um, moving into climate change and, and people that are working in that area specifically and now my latest season uh, is about food people working um, in and around food but I the reason I wanted to do that season was because um, following from the uh, the conversation about climate change I am curious to understand individuals' consumption to food um, as as compared to fashion. Yeah, so right. we all are very on an organic path. Yeah, you know, yeah. we all want to eat well and yeah. we want to eat good food that comes from good places and good farms and we're prepared to pay overs for it. Yeah. But we still don't apply that same care to what what yeah, fabrics right. and what what we put on our bodies and so learning from um these food people there's there's a connection to that but then there's also a conversation about identity because you know um it's a timely conversation given what happened yesterday i don't know if you heard about um the the yeah, master the book, chef yeah. which is very sad but master chef has been a phenomenon that has taught Australians to express their diversity mm. through food mm. and we all celebrate it and we yeah. eat each other's food and we share it yeah. but we don't really do that with our clothing and yeah, there's so right. much to learn because they're both expressions of identity and they're both cultural like forums you yeah. know anyway. yeah. <laughs> no no that's really good I mean do you think that Australia does have an identity of fashion or style in terms of well it obviously does have but you know i'm just thinking different nations it seems much easier to put your finger on it yes 
as to what their clothing is, as to what their foods are. Whereas, you know, it's Australia, the meat pie, and, you know, beer. Well, that's, I think it's, it, it, we need to kind of redefine that. Yeah. But um, uh, in terms of Australian fashion, you know, we borrowed from overseas for so many yeah. years. So, you know, there's been this big resurgence of Jenny Key and Linda Jackson. And I think that those ladies were very um, important figureheads because that particular time in the 70s was when the Australian fashion industry really started to look inwards rather than looking outwards right. for inspiration. And so that that's what that whole camp expressions about them because they were very bright. They, you know, these referencing of all these strange animals that we have, and you know, our beautiful but yeah. like very odd sense of nature. Like yeah. it, it's very specific to Australia, yeah. um, and so that's kind of where it began. So we don't have a, a particularly long history in expressing ourselves from an inwardly looking perspective. Yeah. Uh, compared to other countries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And I guess as you were talking about before, the indigenous culture and how that affects yeah. our fashion as well. Yeah, and, and I, we're I, seeing a see massive that, shift, but it's like really making sure that that's something that is an ongoing conversation yeah. and that we can really celebrate our indigenous culture yeah. in all kind of aspects. So I had the fortunate opportunity to put on a show for Vivid last year right. where I got to work with um, a diverse group of Indigenous creatives and we upcycled all these Australian designer oh, wow. pieces integrating Indigenous artwork. So Hayley Pigram was the artist and she made these incredible artworks out of tiny lights and yeah. we, we sewed them into the garments. And then um, Jody Welsh Chavara is a, a choreographer that has her own dance academy in Redfern. Right. And she choreographed um, this wonderful group of Indigenous dancers to perform the clothes. Yeah, so right. that was just so, um, just such a lovely experience a great, to be yeah, part of. Yeah. A great way. And there's so many aspects of that that you can speak about aren't there? yeah well and so we, that then moved into a panel conversation where um nina fitzgerald who is a first nations creative director that works across the arts and fashion discipline talked about the influence of mm. first nations mm. culture um within the fashion industry leading into a conversation with um a guy called zoltan sharkey who has his own b corp uh, fashion business where he only makes major automated to measure t-shirts and him talking about the impact of waste in the fashion industry and how we can um, make it a more circular system mm. and then having a young fashion writer as the future of the fashion industry who is an advocate of vintage and secondhand clothing yeah, kind of right. talk about the integration of identity so yeah, right. that was the conversation but then yeah. this fashion parade was just a beautiful representation Fantastic. of elements of those conversations yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think we've do you think we've lost well maybe we're coming back to it but do you think we've lost some of our search for identity because when you were talking just about vintage clothing and yeah. you know the vintage clothing industry has taken off I guess um, for uh, environmental reasons maybe but also 
I'm just thinking as again as you're talking people's connection to the past yes um, you know my kids they're wearing my t-shirts band t-shirts but <laughs> you know there's the ones you were wearing when you were shoeless yeah yeah good and, and, and so and one, one of my kids also when my father died mm. you know took this my daughter one of my daughters wanted some of my dad's clothes so there's it's a very interesting path isn't it this search for identity yes and i wonder i mean the more people i speak to i think that's very much the foundation of where they're at too like yeah. who am i yes two things do you think people are, are looking for that more or and also do you think we've sort of because of the i guess the disintegration of community in some ways that uh people haven't got a sort of the same sort of basis to find it. I think the first point is yes I especially from my own personal perspective I think that a sense of nostalgia whether we realize it or not does inform like our tastes and uh, potentially our style and you know that that very thing that you're talking about about your daughter like holding on to her grandfather's piece I always say, so my, I lost my mum early, like as in she was 61 when she passed mm. away and she lived with my grandmother and um, both women I was very, very strongly connected to um, and they lived in the same apartment and so then when my grandmother passed away, we, we hadn't really packed away mum's stuff yet and, and we hadn't packed away my grandmother's stuff and so I had the job of like pilfering not pilfering yeah, but you know having to go through the apartment and select the clothes and the handbags and the jewelry and the doilies and the you know we're Greek so there was a lot of sheets and a lot of tea towels and 90s and you know there was backups of everything but um like it was a real edit process on yeah. what what was important to me what what did I see myself in like yeah. having to go you know what I'm sorry, mum, I have to throw this away because it, it only meant something to you, you know, it, like a glass statue yeah. from her workplace. Yeah. It broke my heart, but I'm like, I can't hold on to everything. Yeah. So I have to hold on to the bits that, that you've given me, you know? Um, and so now you see that this is the right. bracelet that my grandmother wore every day. Wow. Um, okay. And... There are all of these nods, and I always yeah. say it's not an accident that I started this podcast a month after I, wow, like right. uh, after I um, after you went through that process. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I don't. I mean, it's you know, if you want to delve into psychology, it's not. It's <laughs> not that difficult to see no. the connection there. But it's not. Yeah, and you don't. It doesn't have to be too deep to make that connection either. No, no. Yeah. And did you find were there moments when you collected things mm. and you didn't really know why like i know that sometimes we t we we can't mm. get rid of things or hold on to things it has some meaning yeah but you're not really sure why it has that meaning i mean it's obviously your mother's or your grandmother's but yeah you know what what's the what's the sort of more specific significance around it I don't know i i, I think i i really had to push my own boundaries on it because I was also the only daughter of the only daughter. Yeah, right. So, you know, as the female kind of 
the only female in in the bloodline of that family those things meant a a lot to me but not necessarily Mm. you know and and rightfully so not necessarily to the other women in the Mm. family because it wasn't their memories and it wasn't their history um so i did have to just go through a very severe edit point and um which forced me to go does this mean something to me like why does this mean something to me if it doesn't um like i don't need to hold on to it because i can't i literally cannot hold on to everything but that's interesting too isn't it like that items and coming back to fashion and 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 what meaning it has around it i I remember speaking to a parent here many years ago who lost their child while she was here unfortunately um and having this conversation with the mother and she was saying it's so hard to get rid of anything yeah drawings um, you know just little pieces of little notes or whatever because that is how the that's, that's process the of grief of isn't it yeah, yeah they're lost and yeah you don't want to lose any of them no. any part of them sorry you know any bits it's not just a reminder it's like losing every every little bits so. mm-hmm. and just going back to that identity thing it's mm-hmm. losing that person but it's a losing part of your story as well yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and so I think there was a big gap—not a big gap, but there was like probably about five years between mum and my grandmother passing. Right. So that gave me an opportunity. But my mum was also very organised, and right. so she she was sick. She knew that she was going to pass, and so she had done a, a very nice edit. <laughs> herself before she passed on yeah right um but yeah look i think um it was a very hard thing for me to 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 over time slowly Mm. have to just let go Mm. uh but yeah it took years you know it really did uh and then i was forced to have to do the bulk of it in one go but it's i think you know there's trinkets around my house and pieces and references in my wardrobe um that it makes me happy now you know like it makes me happy to wear the those pieces it makes me happy to share those stories with my children this was yayas this was you know this was this yayas this was that yayas Mm. um but i and i think that that doesn't just transcend through physical items but you know my cooking my cooking is a reflection of what i've learned from them um and the smells and you know that's why i think that back to identity and you know connections between food and fashion Mm. they are these intrinsic things that can be passed on from generation to generation and that's part of how we live on in other people's lives and that's what i am really curious from a fashion and a style perspective how if you look at a family or yeah. you know how people's little inklings of stories kind of come through For over sure. generations For it's sure. really what gives you comfort mm. as well i think when you're talking about your mum and i guess that's you know i always say i dress for comfort and maybe i look at people look at some people and the way they dress and i think how can you be comfortable yeah <laughs> in that thing you're wearing which is very judgmental of you <laughs> But maybe there is that other sense of comfort, not just the fabric or not just the way it fits, but there is some meaning around the style, Mm. which gives you comfort as well. Mm -hmm. Helps you to feel comfortable within your own skin and about your own identity. Is that 
Yeah, 100%. So that, that person that you're looking at that's wearing a skin-tight dress and looks like it's very uncomfortable, yeah. they feel fantastic in that. And that makes them feel comfortable in their own skin. And wearing a soft cashmere tracksuit would make them feel like they're wearing somebody else's yeah, sure. skin. You know? Yeah. So I think that's yeah. another way to think well, about it. Well, I look it. at women wearing high heels and they go, <laughs> I just can't imagine the but discomfort you know, of that. I, I actually I did a, um, a, a, a breakfast for International Women's Day with Dress for Success recently right. uh, in association with that not-for-profit and um, part of the styling session was about what do we wear to work now, now that work climates have changed so much. Um, and I was saying, you know, that we've had this liberation in our shoe wardrobes because flats are coming in all shapes and forms and we don't have to wear heels. Some of the women got really, like, upset about it because they might be petite yeah. or they, they've lived their right. life in heels right. and that gives them a sense of power sure. and strength. And there was a lot of very successful women in the room, you know, and that was a symbol of there as I said like it gave them height it gave it made them bigger and it made that makes them feel kind of more powerful so you know like again yes it might look incredibly uncomfortable but it makes that person feel something that allows them to perform in a certain way yeah, right. you know? and that and that is comfortable isn't it mm. if you can be the person you want to be or you think you are or whatever it is there's a sense of, of that as well mm -hmm. and food Comfort food, you know, sometimes we talk about comfort food being junk food, chocolate or lollies or yeah. chips or whatever it is. But I know, you know, there's a there's this Chinese soup that I really like. Yeah. And that's my comfort food. Yeah. And I think that's because, here's delving into the psychology. Yeah. My grandmother yeah. used to take me to the wrestling in, yeah. in the haymarket. Yeah. It used to be on in the haymarket many years ago. And we always go and watch the wrestling, and then afterwards we go and get this combination one-ton soup. Yeah. And I still, to this day, you know, if 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 I go and have <laughs> lunch by myself, which isn't very often, but yeah. I'll, that's what I'll have. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? That's a comfort food for me too, because really? my grandmother loved Chinese food. Right. Uh, even though she cooked a lot of Greek food at home, and it's because she would travel to China and Hong Kong on her own in the 70s and buy gold jewelry right. yeah, and so she then kind of got a curiosity about you know the food and, and bought some of that home and she had um her her chinese friends come from hong kong and stay with us and they would wow. bring gold jewelry but then wow. they would cook for us and so she her favorite thing was to go for yang in chinatown right. and i just love it <laughs> yeah. but that generational or that yeah. ancestry you know the things that are passed down and sometimes in psychology I know we talk about those things that are passed down through the ancestors or through generations which we're totally unaware of which can be um, obstruction sometimes mm. for things which uh, affect our behavior in sort of detrimental ways non-productive ways. Non -productive ways yeah whereas here we're talking about things which might have been passed through generations again which we might not be aware of sometimes which connect us mm. and you're talking about you like connecting to people which give us that sense of being part of something bigger help us to understand our, our meaning or whatever it is and how we we 
obviously impact ourselves, but impact to the people around yeah, us. Yeah, for sure, mm. for sure. What do you think you've learnt the most for yourself out of your conversations and going down this line about you, about yourself? About maybe? myself. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because I, I think I think about this stuff all the time. It's really hard to know where it stops and starts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I still struggle. I, I could I could tell you know like we've done i could sit there and try and um extract from you your mm. story based on what i can see yeah. um doing that for myself is always a lot harder well, what about like, let yeah. me try and reframe it yeah. do, you, do you think this has changed you in some ways do you think doing this podcast and talking to people in this way has changed you at all no, I think it's just given, it's like anything, when you're doing something that you're passionate about and you love and you get a lot from, it mm. just, just gives you more confidence in who you are. Right. And I think, you know, I did start this just before my youngest child was starting school, knowing that I wanted to do more and have something a bit more for myself. Um, uh, and I think that that has honed in that sense of purpose for me. And understanding that, uh, yes, I love fashion and I think I'm good at styling people and yeah. I do have a passion around that. But I am also, I think that the thing that I've always been good at and if I go reflect back to being a little person and, you know, the feedback I would have got at school is I, I have a sense of fairness um, that's really important to me and a sense of that desire for connectivity that mm. has driven everything that I've ever done mm. and mm. made me good at certain jobs or what have yeah. you and um that leaning into that at this yeah, stage right. of my life is kind of a nice yeah. thing and what yeah. were some of the jobs you did before well i worked in hr right. for a long time in corporate um and uh so i i started off you know thinking i was going to be a psychologist and i did a psychology degree so i did an arts degree and majored in psychology and did my honors year and I worked throughout university, so I worked for a counselling service for businesses. So right. they provided counselling to businesses as an employee benefit. And I worked in a kind of account manager role in that. So I thought that was a nice kind of exposure to the counselling world. But to be honest, at the age of like 21, 22, when I, you know, obviously I yeah. like being around a lot of people, yeah. it felt a little bit too early for me to, yeah, right. to, to be in that environment. Um, and so then I moved more into generalist HR roles in banking and finance. Um, and then my husband and I had the opportunity to move to New York. And oh, wow. as his spouse, um, I couldn't work straight away. And I got to study fashion at one of the fashion schools. Wow. And when it was cold, I'd go to the library and I would get all the fashion books out because you know, it was always my passion, but I never thought it was a proper career. Um, and then I got a job in HR for a fashion retailer, a oh. big fashion retailer in New York. And that's when I knew when I was working with all these fashion designers and creative directors, I was sitting there after hours picking out zippers and trims and, you know, like all the fashion pieces yeah, that right. went into their work right. and loving that. Oh, and yeah. so that's, where I transitioned when we came home I started working in magazines and then went down the styling route from there yeah great yes 
Well, thank you very much, Maddie. I really appreciate oh, my this conversation. Pleasure, Gary. Thank you wonderful. for letting me, um, you know, <laughs> uncover your style story. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, I want to know more. <laughs> I want to know more. Well, I tell you about my socks, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I never bought. I don't think I've ever bought a pair of socks in my life. Yeah. No, I have bought. I, that's a lie. I have bought a few pairs of socks when I had to go somewhere very cold and I needed warmer socks. Yeah. But uh, I tend to get socks given to me every Christmas. Mm. And so I only ever have a handful of socks, but I just change them every year because that's what I get at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say? Just I don't know, you've got there. something going on with your feet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's done it for me then. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been, Thanks, a, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. thank you for having me. And if anyone who's listening has any questions, can you just name your podcast yeah, again? Yeah, it's Style Stories with Madeline Park. Style Stories with Madeline Park. Definitely yeah. going to put that one to my subscriptions. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's very fascinating. Very, very good conversations. But if you've got any questions for me or for Maddie, or if you want to make some comments, please let us know. I hope you really enjoyed that as much as I did. Take care, everyone, and I look forward to seeing you around. Bye.